0: Avinu Malkenu, our father and our king. Abba, we look to you because we are in desperate need to be instructed by your word, to be directed by your ruach, and to be helped by your mighty power in every facet of our life. And Abba, we pray today, Lord, that you would speak to us, help us, equip us to be better versions of ourselves, to glorify the king and to live successfully and happily in this life. And we ask it, B'Shem Yeshua and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Um, The title of today's message is Tongue Tied, Untwisting the Tongue. Do you think that's a good way? Tell me if you think that's, raise your hand if you think that's a pretty cool title. Well, thank you. I didn't pick it. I had to bounce them off my daughter. Say, all right, Abigail, give me some (laughs) snappy titles, and I'll pick the best, and she gave me five. (laughs) So, um, but recently I found myself... Let me start by saying this. If I were to tell you that your life could turn around, situations, marriages, um, that you could... um, Uh, perhaps um, uh, get out of a a, a funk that you may find yourself in from time to time, if you could change the course of relationships that you have, whether with your families or with uh, neighbors or friends, how many of you would sign up that, wow, that would be a really great thing? I can tell you this, that if you put into practice what I'm going to talk about today in the message that that can absolutely and will absolutely happen for you because it is what the Word of God tells us will happen uh, as we apply these principles. So I want you to pay attention, and I need you to know this, that things just don't happen to us, right? They happen with us, okay? I would, You know, trust me, I wish things just happened to me, that I could pray and God would just do it to me so I wouldn't have to put any effort. Wouldn't that be kind of nice? Maybe, maybe it wouldn't, but <laughs> at least I think it would be nice if he could just speak to me and all of a sudden I could live in the principles of God the way I would like to. But the truth is it takes some effort, right, on our part. And recently I found myself cautioning many people about the words they speak. In many instances, it had been words that they had spoken about themselves, Or about other people. I recall saying to my kids, do not say that about yourself. Immediately, I followed up by instructing them to break the power of the words they had just spoken over themselves by speaking words of life. It is these encounters over the past weeks that inspired me to speak on this topic today. This seems to be especially fitting um, as we have begun the new year. And how many of us would like to see our year 5777 go well? How many of us would like to see change in relationships, in marriages, in families, amen, in finances, in health? In so many areas of our life, this principle that we will speak about today will come to bear. God has made it to be that the words that we utter are are a potent force to either bring life or death into our life. In Mark 11, Yeshua answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says, say what he says, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. How is that for the power of words when mingled with faith? God created the world, did he not? Not with existing material, but by speaking words. The words that God spoke were were the creative force behind all that we have and see today. It's amazing. God used words to create life, and so it is no wonder that he instructs us through the scriptures that the words that we speak are really, really important to our happiness in this world. Hear me. Guys, if I were to be the word police, which I'm not, thank you, Lord, but if I were to put on my word police uniform and followed you around for a day, how many times do you think I would be blowing my whistle? I think we underestimate the words that we speak over our own lives. Over our families, over situations. And I think God is speaking to us to pay more attention to that. You see, what we say, what we utter out of our mouths is very, very important. In Matthew 12, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. In Mishle 13 and 3, it says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. In Proverbs, wow. In Proverbs 21, it says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. <laughs> There's an old adage. The pen is mightier than the sword, right? It's coined by English author Edward Bulwer-Layton. And it sounds pretty good, but in the economy of God, the tongue is mightier than all. And I want to read a midrash to you. A lot of people here have heard it, but there are many here that haven't heard it, and even if you heard it before, it is a really great midrash to nail home the point. Once upon a time there lived a Persian king. He was taken ill one day, and the physician told him that The only medicine that would restore him to health was the milk of a lioness. Nothing else would do the sick monarch any good. He sent out a call for some brave man who would secure the milk of a lioness. One of his brave servants answered the call and actually accomplished the dangerous task. On his way back to the king's palace, the servant sat down to rest for a while and he fell asleep. The various parts of his body then commenced to dispute as to which one contributed most to the servant's successful mission. The feet said, we contributed most. In fact, all the credit belongs to us because had we not carried our master into the forest and carried him fast enough to catch the lioness, he never would have gotten the milk. Therefore, we alone deserve the credit. The hand spoke up and said, Of what avail would your carrying the man have been had not we accomplished the actual work of obtaining the milk? It is we, therefore, who are entitled to all the credit. But it is I, said the heart, who gave our master the courage and the will to go after the lioness. Therefore, I am to receive the credit for the success. Then the tongue spoke up. You are all wrong, all of you. I am the one who is entitled to all the credit. The feet, the hands, the eye, and the heart then laughed out loud. You, why all of you can do, all you can do is prattle and talk foolish things. You cannot even free yourself but are always shut up in the mouth. You cannot do anything, let alone helping our master in such a difficult task as obtaining the milk of a lioness. The various organs of his body debated so loud that the servant awoke. He got up and continued his journey to the king. He presented himself at the court bringing the milk. But on presenting the milk to the king, by the slip of the tongue, he said, Here, your majesty, I have brought you the milk of a dog. The king was very, very angry. Not the milk of a dog, the milk of a lioness is what I want. And the king sentenced the poor servant to death. They were leading him to the gallows. The organs of his body were very much afraid. See, said the tongue, did I not tell you that I have more power than all of the rest of you combined? What can you do now? The feet, the hands, the eyes, and the heart begged the tongue to save them. The poor servant asked for the hearing for a hearing before the king, and the tongue made an eloquent speech. O worthy king, your power is supreme and your will is just. But is this the reward that I am to receive for going on so dangerous a mission and succeeding so fully? I love my master and glad was I of the opportunity of risking my own life to serve the king. And now that I have obtained the milk of a lioness, will you now send me to death? And so the tongue kept on talking very eloquently, and the king was moved. I don't understand, said he. You yourself told me it was the milk of a dog. Oh no, my gracious king, that was only a slip of the tongue. What I wanted to say was that it was the milk of a lioness. If you will taste this milk, you will find for yourself that it is indeed the milk that you desire. The king drank the milk and became well again. Of course, he freed the servant and rewarded him for his heroism. Then the different organs of the man's body said to the tongue, Now we admit that you are the most powerful among us. And the saying is true, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You see, understanding the power of the tongue is really important. And understanding that it wields power over our life is something that we really need to dial in and get right. The first thing we must do is refrain from negative speech. As Jewish people, we call this Lashon Hara. Our goal is that this shul and each of our lives would be a Lashon Hara free zone. Wouldn't you love that for your house to be a Lashon Hara free zone? Wave at me if you want that to be the case. I should be getting waves. You should be blowing me over with the amount of waves that come my way. You see, Lashon Hara literally means tongue of the evil. It is often translated evil speech. It is defined as speaking in a derogatory way. It includes gossip, backbiting, rumor-telling, slander, and other misuses of speech. In the Brit Shah, right, in, to the Messianic community in Ephesus, Sheol writes, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And I'm telling you, it's not only valid to the things that we speak to others, but it's also valid about the things we speak to ourselves and about ourselves. The Talmud in Archim 15b says that Lashon Hara kills three people. The one who is spoken about because his reputation is ruined The one who speaks Lashon Hara because he transgresses and lowers himself spiritually. The one who listens to Lashon Hara because he is providing the speaker with the opportunity to transgress. And also his opinion of the one who was spoken about is ruined. Lashon Hara, evil speech, speaking in a derogatory way. Husbands about wives, wives about husbands. Sometimes we speak in a derogatory way about the employment that God has provided for us to care over our lives. We speak derogatory things over bosses and fellow employees. I would encourage you, put a guard over your mouth and let it be a Lashon Hara free zone. Yaakov, chapter 4, James. His name isn't James, by the way. His name is Yaakov. Okay, chapter 4 and verse 11 says, Do not speak against one another, brethren? He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. In Jewish thought, if you, do not, if you do hear Lashon Hara, it is forbidden that you believe that it's true. You can be suspicious and check it out, but may not accept it as fact. Lashon Hara is the prohibition against saying anything negative or derogatory about another person even when it's true. Isn't that interesting? In other words, maybe God would just have us pray about it, pray for people. Wouldn't that be a novel idea, right, if we just prayed for people instead of feeling the need to speak, right? The Talmud says that the human body was constructed to help a person Refrain from Lashon Hara, the teeth and the lips serve as gates, right, to regulate what comes from our mouth while the tongue lies horizontal or in an inactive position. Furthermore, while humans have two eyes, two ears, and two nostrils, they only have one mouth as a reminder that we are to listen more and speak less. The Talmud goes on to say, for what purpose did God create earlobes? So that if we find ourselves in a situation where Lashon Hara is being spoken, we can conveniently turn up the lobe and block our hearing. And that's, I guess, only if you have one of those, these type of (laughs) earlobes. Mine works. I can actually do it. Lashon Hara even applies when speaking about groups of people or situations. For example, it's forbidden to say people from that city are rude or say a derogatory thing about them. Unique to the land of Israel is a prohibition of speaking negatively about the Holy Land, right? That's the same uh, issue that the 12 spies made, right? They came back with a negative report directly against the word of God. And I want to tell you, we need to be careful about the things we say of our own life in the same way. Sometimes we speak, God calls us chosen, and we say things back to God about ourselves that are the antithesis of that. We have to be careful about the things we say and speak over our lives. Okay, here are some commonly spoken forms of Lashon hurrah to watch out for that people tend to use to justify speaking. But Rabbi, it's true. What I said about them is true. But I didn't even mention their name. I wouldn't care if someone said the same thing about me. You ever say that? Everyone knows about it already anyway. So it's okay if I jump on the bandwagon. Well, he or she wouldn't mind. I'd say it even to his or her face. I was just kidding, Rabbi. There he goes again. How about the old rolling of the eyes? Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, you are, are you? People from that city are so. Now, listen. If you're a Yankee fan, all right, Boston's a great place. <laughs> people, don't be, don't be saying it. Okay, you might be tempted to commit lashon Hurrah. How about? But come on, you could tell me. That's when we're egging people on to commit lashon Hurrah. Oh, come on, come on. You could tell me a, that little juicy tidbit that my ears are itching to hear. These are all forms and ways that we justify saying derogatory things about other people. It is not good. It tears down. When we speak it over ourselves, we're basically ruining areas of our life. We're chipping away at things that we've built up. And then we say things that are opposite of what God says about us. That shouldn't be. Over people's lives, you know what? We we never have all the facts, but we like to chime in and say things and speak our own opinions that are often negative about other people in other situations. This shouldn't be. You know what? If there is something going on that you think needs to be addressed, pray. There is one exceptions, the... Sages tell us to this rule, however, is that we may speak or listen to negative information if we are absolutely sure it is for the constructive purpose of preventing future damage. The Talmud asks, why was the Holy Temple destroyed? Because people spoke Lashon Hara about each other. Chafetz Chaim, the 20th century codifier of the laws of Lashon Hara, refraining from gossip is the single most effective way to reverse the damage and bring about redemption. Refraining from gossip, and then Mishlei 21 that we read in that story: Death and life are in control of the tongue; those who indulge in it eat its fruit. Look at Kefa Aleph reminds us, for the one who loves life wanting to see good days, is that anyone here? Huh? Do you want to love life and see good days? Must keep his tongue from evil, from Lashon Hara, and his lips from speaking deceitfully. Must. Let no harmful word come out of your mouth but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. And this includes negative things again that you speak over your own lives about yourself. You were made in the image of God. Do you realize that? You were made in the image of God. And to say derogatory things about yourself reflects poorly onto God. When you say, I'm this, that, and the other thing, and it's negative, that reflect, reflects poorly onto God because God says that he created you in his image and in his likeness. And we say things like, oh, I'm so stupid, and oh, I blew it, and oh, I'm this, and oh, I'm that, and oh, I'm never, and uh, "And there's something wrong with me. Right? We say things like, I'm never going to... Do or never going to achieve, or never. Those are powerful things that we speak over our lives. The Word of God says, I can do all things through Messiah who gives me strength. Does it not? Is he joking? Is he kidding? Is it hyperbole? No, I can do all things through the Messiah who strengthens me. Yet we say the opposite. And if I were to have a tape recorder and follow you around all day, how many times would I hear negative speech, Lashon hara, come out of your mouth, toward yourself, toward your family, toward your children, toward your spouse? The reason, if I could tell you, the reason why marriages are, are, are struggling in our day and age, friends, you could only imagine the things that happen behind closed doors. The words that are spoken. At least in believing homes, maybe they get an I'm sorry somewhere down the road. Unbelieving homes, they probably don't even get that. Just a negative barrage that seemingly seemingly never ends. But even in believing homes, you might say you're sorry, but I'm telling you, you better start cleaning up the words that you speak. They are damaging Listen to this from Yaakov 3. Again, so we just read that Midrash. Here's another Midrash, but in the Brit Chadasha, right, by Yaakov. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, since you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If someone does not stumble in speech, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body as well. And if we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole body as well. See also the ships, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. See how so small a fire sets ablaze so great a forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of evil placed among our body parts. It pollutes the whole body and sets on fire the course of life and is set on fire by Gehenna. For every species of beast and birds, reptiles and sea creatures is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless Adonai and our father, and with it we curse people who are made in the image of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be. A spring doesn't pour out fresh and bitter water from the same opening, does it? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree produce olives? or a vine produce figs, neither can salt water produce fresh water. That's a potent indictment right on our tongue. What does it tell us? You know, we've heard the expression loose lips sing ships. That's another midrash on the tongue, Really? right? It's the words that we speak can create a lot of damage in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. You know why Yeshua was so beloved of the people? Because the words he spoke were words that people wanted to hear. Even in rebuke, it was done for their betterment and they knew it. It was for a positive end result. Words. I hope you think about the words you speak from now on. When Miriam spoke in a derogatory way about her brother Moshe, she was rebuked by God and afflicted with Sara'at, right? She got leprosy. Moshe prayed and she was healed, but still needed to remain outside the camp for seven days. Aharon, who listened to her negative speech without protesting, was also punished. Because he listened to Lashon Hara. Evil speech. Though he wasn't punished as severely as leprosy. The spies, right, who were sent to spy at the land of Israel didn't seem to learn a lesson from that story and they spoke negatively about the land that God said, I'm giving to you. That it's a land flowing of milk and honey and that you can possess it. They spoke contrary to the word of God and were kept out of the promised land. Hmm. Lashon hurrah. This is what I want you to do. I don't know if you saw the little symbol I had. No lashon hurrah. You should get that for your refrigerator. Get a little symbol. And make your your home and your life a lashon hurrah free zone. Where no negative speech about anyone or anything is spoken in your life. I wonder where your life and the trage- trajectory of your life would go if you began to implement that, not just once or twice, not just for a day after this message, but every day, consistency. Do you know the proof is in the consistency? You know, as someone who's lost hundreds of pounds many times over, I know that every single diet on the planet works. You could do a grapefruit diet, it'll work. You can do weight watches, it don't work. You can do this diet it don't work. You want to know what the key to all those diets are? Consistency works. Consistency. The same is true in our spiritual life. Consistency. When we are consistent, okay, we're going to see the fruit of that consistency, and especially when it comes toward the things we say. Someone said this, Blessed are they who have nothing to say and who cannot be persuaded to say it. what a statement. Is that not awesome? Blessed are they who have nothing to say and cannot be persuaded to say it. In other words, how many times do we really have nothing to say but we say things anyway, just say things. And most of the times those things aren't positive, constructive things. So now that we understand what not to speak, we must train ourselves to speak words of life. And I mean train ourselves. From what we have learned so far, the words that we speak can and will steer our lives. Yaakov likened our tongues to a ship's rudder. Though small, it is the way by which we steer our life. That's what he's saying. Isn't that amazing? He's telling us the things that we say steer our life. So what is he saying? Pay attention about the things you say, of how you direct your life through the use of your words. In order to speak life, we must make every effort to pay attention to the words that we speak, what we say about our own lives, our spouse, our children. What we speak over the lives of other people as well. As well as over our own situations. This is not a trivial thing. This is the sort of thing that we need to have right in our lives. The words we speak even affect our social life. Do you know that? When we become accustomed to speaking negative things, people avoid us. They do. Get if you want to be a big pile of negative energy and you want to speak that all the time, people will avoid you. When you want to talk about this one and that one and that one and this one and this and that and you're working, people will avoid you. But if you are a positive, encouraging speaker and speak the life of the presence and the word and the person of God, guess what? You'll have no want for a social life. When we speak life, when we speak love and we speak blessings, people are attracted to us. Kepha Aleph. First Peter. It says, Do not repay, and this is a good one, because this, remember I told you, we justify Lashon Harah. Well, they said that about me. Do not repay evil for evil, insult for insult, but give a blessing instead Selah give a blessing instead your spouse barks at you I know you want to tear into them big time Give a blessing. Try giving a blessing instead. Hmm. It is for this reason you were called, so that you might inherit a blessing, so you get back on you what you give out to others. If we want to change the course of our lives, then we must speak words of life. Speak life over your spouse, speak life over your marriage. Instead of complaining about your marriage to other people, which is Lashon Hara, try speaking life over your marriage. Wouldn't that be something? Instead of... All the way home, after you found out that your your hubby perhaps didn't do something that he was supposed to do. Sorry, Carol. Speak life. Instead of complaining. Speak life over your kids. We have some kids in our families that are wayward. Speak life over them. Speak life over yourself. Speak health. Speak prosperity. Speak blessing and God's favor over your life. When's the last time you did that? When's the time you spoke blessing over your own life? How many of you have gone to Deuteronomy, right? And spoke the blessings of God over you, right? I am above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. You ever speak that? I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the country. You ever try speaking that over your life instead of complaining and speaking all the negative things that you speak on a regular basis over your life? Listen, we're Jewish. We convention with the best of them. But that's not a good Jewish trait to pick up on. That kvetching got us some major time in the wilderness. If you want to pick up on a good Jewish trade, make good matzo ball soup and invite the rabbi over. <laughs> if you really want to change the trajectory of your life, start to speak that way and say encouraging words of life. Mishlei, Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I know what we think we think God is just saying flowery things that aren't true. No, he is telling us a God that doesn't mince words. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to our soul and health to our bones. It's real. 1225 of Mishlei. heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. You ever been bummed out about something? You go into the mail and you get some type of good news. And you feel better, don't you? A good word. That's not just by accident. It's not not just human nature. It's by design of God. That good words make us glad. Listen to the words of this popular song. It's a believing song. Just listen to it. If you know it, you don't have to come up against me to me late and tell me that you know it. I'm sure you know it. I'm sure you've heard it somewhere. Sometime. It's crazy. Amazing. That we can turn our heart through the words that we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life, speak life to the deadest, darkest night. Speak life, speak life when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the brokenhearted. Watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope, you speak love, you speak life. Hope will fall like rain, hope. Anyone need hope? Anyone need hope? Yeah, we all need hope in various areas of his life. It says, Hope will fall like grain when you speak life with the words that you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher. Use your words to inspire. Joy will fall like grain. Anyone need joy? It'll fall like grain when you speak life With the things that you say. That's that is just a paraphrase of the Tanakh about the tongue and about words and their power. Do you know what my greatest fear is from speaking a message like this? You're gonna hear it and not do it. Because you know what, we develop patterns of doing things in our life, of ways of speaking whether it be in our homes, to our spouses, to our children. And sometimes those patterns are hard to break. Guess what? To make a new habit, you need 28 days, 30 days, they say, of speaking, right? So could you purpose in your heart that for the next 30 days, you're going to put a real close guard over your lips and make sure that the things that you speak are words of life. So if you're a spouse, get ready for some good things being said your way. That what we're going to say toward each other are encouraging things. God things, good things. You know, we talk about things like, we say things as believers, changing the world. Could you imagine if everyone in this room Adopted these principles, no lachon hara, and started speaking words of life to everyone and everywhere we went. Do you think we would change the world? Absolutely. You see, the problem is we get amongst amongst the world, and they start confession and complaining, and we join in. We join in. Mistake. God has charged us to be agents of change in the world. Could you imagine if just this small group here went out, nolashon hara, and spoke words of life? That includes first and foremost over your life, and then over the lives of everyone else. My goodness gracious. I think you'd have more friends. You couldn't beat beat them away with a stick. Colossians says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out, but build them up. Could you imagine... How different so many relationships would be if we practiced being gracious in our speech and only sought to accentuate the best in others and they did the same toward us. Oh my goodness gracious. Marriages would never need counseling again. Come on. You can say amen. Even if your spouse is next to you, it's all right. We know what we live in the, the real world here, unfortunately. But guess what? God is calling us to change. Amen? Someone once said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are endless. Hear that? Wow. Their echoes. How many of us remember kind words spoken to us as a kid? Could have been by a teacher, by an aunt, an uncle, someone. A friend, maybe somewhere. And it's amazing how a kind word you could remember for a really, really long time. I'm almost done. Is the coffee, I don't know, I can't smell today. I'm a little clogged. I don't know if you're smelling the coffee yet. But <laughs> Imitate Yeshua in Yohanan 663. He said, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Yeshua spoke life, so do you, so do I. Someone wrote, redeemed speech only comes from godly wisdom being imparted to us. Worldly wisdom will lead to a tongue infused with bitterness that will show itself through bragging and a denial of truth. Godly wisdom will lead to pure and peaceable speech. Sometimes the reason why we are prone to talk negative things is because we are fleshly instead of spiritual. If we're spiritual and godly, we're going to speak words of life. So we could work on that, right? That's doable. We could change. In Mishlei 10.31, it tells us, the mouth of the righteous bears the fruit of wisdom. In Mishlei 15.7, it says, the lips of the wise... Spread knowledge. So people who are righteous will utter wisdom from above and people who are wise will spread knowledge, the knowledge of God. The things that should be coming out of our mouths are the wisdom and knowledge of God and his word, which will build others up, will encourage their spirit, which will make people want to flock toward us. We'll change lives and change the world if we could learn this one crucial principle about the tongue. In conclusion, the words you and I speak have great power over our lives and the lives of others. With that said, we must be careful to make sure our lives are a Lashon Hara free zone, and then we must choose to imitate Messiah and speak words of life over over ourselves, over our situations, over our lives, and over others. I think that is something you can do. I believe that. You have a situation that's going sideways? Do you? Start speaking to it. Start speaking the promises of God to that situation. Yeah, instead of complaining, instead of conventioning, Start speaking the promises of the Word of God. You have a wayward son? Start speaking that me and my house shall be saved. Right? The promises to you and to your house and to those all who are far off, speak that. Instead of saying, why are they so this, that, and the other thing, speak that. If you need health, Listen, yeah, do your due diligence, go to the doctor, do what he says to do, but speak the words of Scripture over your health. Read the Word of God and recite it and speak it over your life. Speak health over your body. Why would we speak anything else? Folks, you could do it. I know you can. Amen? So we're going to do better, right? That's our goal. So let's stand. Boy, we're gonna have a good to have an oneg today. I can imagine what's gonna be said today, huh? You don't want to miss the oneg today. <laughs> All right, stretch forth your hand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face. Right? What am I doing? Speaking of blessing, to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Amen. Ever a Kalonai, the Ishmael Ha, your Erodonai Panaveleka Vecune, Yisar Adonai Panaveleka, the Assimleha Shalom. Bless you, Father, I pray, Lord, that the very blessings of heaven would pursue each one this week. Abba, that you would bless them spirit, soul, and body, that you would bless them in their health, in their marriages, in their families, in their children. Lord, in every way, the favor of heaven would rest upon your people today. Abba, we, Lord, look for your mercy to be upon us this week. In the name of Yeshua, Amen. Amen. Uh, Go upstairs, please, 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 even if you can't stay a long time, grab a bagel, a shmir, a cup of coffee. And you can leave. Blessings.